Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. I'm very excited about this episode, bringing my special guest and dear friend, Nicole Telfer, to the table. Nicole is an author, speaker, and parenting coach whose platform serves families across the globe. She is a relentless agent for change who is here to see how far she can push her own potential for connection and the potential of others. She is working to radically shift the way we think about designing and creating our families in her mission to end the cycle of conflict and help families heal and learn to connect more deeply. As the founder of Empowered Kids TV, Nicole has helped to develop workshops and programs that have transformed families by giving parents the tools to take the actions needed to solve some of the biggest challenges that families face in the 21st century. Nicole's extraordinary story of transforming her own family life from one of blind disconnection, characterized by power struggles and control, to leading a family that is willing to be open, vulnerable, and self-compassionate in the pursuit of self-mastery and connection is a foundation upon which she strives to help us all raise truly empowered kids. Welcome, Nicole. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Sue. I'm always excited for an opportunity to talk with you and have you share your wisdom, which is amazing. So let's dive right in because today's episode is all about connection, what it is and why it's such an integral part to relationships and effective parenting. So I know you're extremely passionate about this, as am I. Tell us a little bit about how important connection is in fulfilling our lives as human beings and of course, you know, we're wired as human beings for connection and how you've actually created these deeper connections in your own life. I think the, the real sort of deep aha moment for me came when I recognized that we have a default state as human beings, as individuals, as well as a collective, of, as humanity, we have a default state. And that default state is a state where we have access to greater love and compassion and creativity and bliss and that's just who we are at our core but then along the way when we get distracted from that essence that core of who we are by things that hurt us and pain that we hold on to and we keep inside we move away from that default state and when i really understood the power of connection was when i understood that getting connected with yourself really means going back to that default state, that state of who we're naturally supposed to be and how we're supposed to show up in the world. So for me, connection is about bringing the best of who you are 
to every interaction. And when you create connections between others, so whether it's yourself and your kids or your spouse or your colleagues, it's about creating an environment that fosters them to show up at the table as the best of themselves. And then you have real true collaboration that really inspires because everybody's coming to the table with the best version of themselves. That is such a beautiful description. And I love that you use your default self because the default is maybe how we were born into this world, really, right? The default is how our light was shining at such a young age. And sometimes we lose our way, right? We lose our connection to the core of who we truly are. And getting back to that core is that default, is how we were brought into this world. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and you can see it, right? When you look at an infant, the, way we, the reason we get all googly-eyed is because the purity of who they are is just kind of spilling and oozing out of them. Um, that innocence, that sort of clean slate. Um, but it's interesting to recognize that we don't really lose that. All we've lost is the connection to it. And if we can gain the tools and the skills to regain that connection, we can have that sort of childlike innocence even after the experience of life. Absolutely. And I want to highlight something else you said. You, you mentioned showing up as your best self in these moments, in this moment, in this day, you know, with the people that you're you know, connecting with. And I think to, to really narrow down the language that you used, it is in this moment. So every moment, our best self may look a little different, you know, Absolutely. some days we feel really energized and maybe other days we have something on our mind that we're trying to work through and see through. And so every day we show up as the best self we can in that particular moment, day, Absolutely. You know, week, et cetera. So um, beautiful. So let's talk about those distractions. Let's talk about what disconnects us from our best self so that we can also share you know, some of the wonderful ways to get back to our really connected self and, and let go of these distractions that get in our way. So what would you say are maybe two or three of the most important distractions for our listeners to actually see in life? What are some of those big distractions? I think the biggest thing, so there's like an underlying thing that sort of the foundation of all distractions. And I think it's because culturally, we have a misconception of what pain means in our lives. And we all think pain is something that you need to stamp out, get away from as quickly as possible, irrespective of what's the source of the pain. And so culturally, what we've been taught to do, and we do it to our kids as early as we possibly can, is we shush the pain away. Shush, don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. I'm here. I can fix it. Yeah. And in shushing the pain away, what we're actually communicating is, this pain isn't something that you should allow yourself to feel, but rather you should push it down. And what happens every time we push an emotion down, we store it. And so it stays there. And so now you have this bubble of emotion that's saying, please let me out because I want to get out because I know that your default state doesn't require me to be here, but we walk with it. And over time, what we do is we collect a bag of those. And so it might be, um, hurt in terms of hurt feelings. It might be anger and frustration that we never had the opportunity to release, especially as girls, being angry was not something that was allowed as a girl. It's all right for you to be sad as a girl, 
but don't be angry and the opposite for boys right it was all right for a boy to be angry but don't be crying because then you get labeled with words like sissy and stuff like that and so all we've done to to the most vulnerable in our society our kids is we've taught them don't feel all of your feelings and so in that message we're saying there's something wrong with you if you feel that way so stuff it down inside and i think that's the basis of all the roots of our disconnection. Everything else then just becomes the sort of the, the noise at the surface level. Yeah, so it might be relationships with friends, it might be relationships um, in your family, it might be failure in terms of goals that you were striving for, whatever the avenue, the baseline is that we got so uncomfortable with dealing with the pain that life produces that we didn't allow ourselves to lean into it and find the lesson, but instead we carried it. And that's what, that's yeah. what I think is this. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so the disconnection is really culture and society and, you know, parental conditioning, teaching us, you know, to hold this umbrella, right? We walk around with this umbrella that makes us react and do things in a way in which we've been taught to, you know, whether it be emotions or, you know, hiding the pain or whatever it might be. We're, we're walking, and I've never used the umbrella analogy until now, but <laughs> we're walking around with this big, heavy umbrella. And so part of the distraction is it's not raining. And even if it is, that's okay. You don't need your umbrella. So yeah. it's learning how to let go of the conditions that we've been, you know, set to believe are appropriate and right for us and tap into what conditions really are appropriate and right for us as a human being and shining our light and being all that we are on this planet yeah absolutely and and you know the thing the thing that i think we we really rob our kids of when we teach them to move away from pain i think we rob them of just the reality of life like i see life almost like you've signed up for an obstacle race so you've signed up for an obstacle race and you signed up because the race is supposed to be fun. But now each time you come up against an obstacle, rather than have fun, you moan about how hard it is or the fact that you bruised your knee or you fell down um, and, and now you have hurt. And, and I think all of that moaning and stuffing away of our emotions has actually stuffed the fun out of the race. We've taken the fun out of life by getting so caught up in the fact that part of life has, has pain, has bruises and bumps. So. so we've taken the fun out of the race and we're walking around with umbrellas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these images are very powerful, though, and perhaps for our <laughs> listeners, you know, the next time you grab an umbrella, you might think of societal uh, and cultural conditionings that you're walking around with, and it might help you to shed one of the things that doesn't really suit you that you're still holding on to. Yeah. And when you think of the race, you know, we're, it's a rat race out there, right? People refer to, you know, the human world and existence as a rat race. And so when we take the fun out of the race, I mean, even in the state that we're in now with COVID in 2020 and, and trying to, you know, it's COVID-19, but we're in 2020. Um, and trying to manage our feelings about that. You know, we can let that make us not enjoy any of the race, right? I mean, some of the races, you know, to be continued, let's say. 
or put on hold. You know, some people are really struggling, so I'm not minimizing this in any way. But in order to really, you know, look at the race full on, what can you take out of it that feels comfortable and doesn't look at the pain of it all, right? So, you know, for example, from a child's perspective, because you know you have some boys that maybe we can talk about, they might think I can't see my friends, but what can you do? You know, so there's in life some real things that can be painful. How do you help with the connection through those? I guess I'm really gonna, you know, push into this arena because I think it's an important place to talk about the race, so to speak, as you brought up, and to also talk about connection to oneself in a different way with the challenges and obstacles, you know, in the obstacle course of life right now. You know what? I think for all of the challenges that COVID has brought up for us globally, I think what it has really done is turned on a spotlight of where we were hiding our pain to begin with where we were hiding our anxiety, yeah, where we were hiding our struggles. Um, and it's made it seem like it's all about COVID. But the truth is, it's just bringing to surface some of the things that we were facing in life, but that we felt like we can get so caught up in the busyness of life, I can just push this aside. Um, and like you, I'm not, I'm not in any way suggesting that it's easy. It hasn't even been easy for my own family. And for my family, we, we went into COVID in a traumatic situation. So a few months before COVID, I lost my 12-year-old niece and it was really quite sudden. And it was quite sudden with things that COVID just brings up for us. So she had a vaccine. Two days after vaccine, she fell ill. And a few days later, she was gone. And so for my kids, my, my youngest son turned 12 this year, and it's brought up so much anxiety for him. One, it's I'm the same age. Um, he's, been, he's been having some health challenges this year. So I'm sick. And now there's COVID where I can get sick in any moment from anybody. Um, and we're in a situation in the UK where they've made it mandatory for kids to go back to school. So he's gone back to school and he's anxious every day. And this week we had a conversation and he was like, I don't want to go to school, mom. It's flu season and kids are just dropping like flies. They're not coming in every day. Kids are staying off. And I don't want to know that somebody had COVID after the fact, after I was sitting next to them. I don't want to go to school. And then I realized what he was asking me was to soothe his anxiety by giving him a guarantee that he would be okay. And I'm like, there is no guarantee. And that's not because of COVID. There just is no guarantee in life. I couldn't guarantee before COVID that every day you would be safe. I can't guarantee that I will be safe because that, that, that's just life. There's no guarantee. But what I could do is help you focus on this moment. On this moment right here, we're all okay. On this moment right here, all our needs are met. We're happy, we're healthy. And if we can stay focused on this moment, we get to stay connected to ourselves and lose the pull of the anxiety that's taken us to the what ifs. And I should have, and this could happen. And, and all the, the scary loopholes that our imagination can take us. If we can just try really hard to stay in this moment, every time we get to keep the connection. 
Yeah. And so much of our life is, you know, about projecting into the future or, you know, bringing up the past. And, you know, first of all, I just want to acknowledge your beautiful story and thank you for sharing it. I know it's not easy to talk about something that's so, so painful. Um, So thank you for sharing. And I think, you know, your, your son is, you know, obviously a human being (laughs) and, you know, as such is affected by everything that has been part of his experience and everything that he has touched as we all are. And so part of the beauty of, you know, mindfulness and being in this moment and focusing on this moment is really teaching our children that we don't live in the future tense and we don't live in the past, but we only live in the here and now. And I think for all of us, you know, this slow down period, this very, you know, difficult and challenging time we're all in, but one that has also offered us gifts, the gift of slowing down, the gift of recognizing what is happening within us, the gift of of dissecting the stress that we experience and realizing, you know, and helping our children realize there are no guarantees in life, regardless of who or what we are, you know, there just are none. And really acknowledging and celebrating where we are in this moment with you, you know, as you said, with the health and wellness, we're here, we're connected, we're healthy, and, you know, hopefully happy in some way shape form um and nourished and you know all those things our bodies are moving whatever those yeah so all the little things that we can look at as gifts that in this moment we see and we can feel and we can touch and we can connect to as well as each other and so i'm curious i'm going to push you a little further and just say how did that go how is that going with your son because i think for listeners this is such a powerful story as many of them you know, may have very anxious children as well who come home every day and say, I don't want to go back or flu or, you know, whatever. They're just worried. I think because he has so many layers to this. So there's the layer of his grief that he is still learning to process. Um, As a a 12-year-old, when his cousin died, that was his first experience of death. And it was, that's a big blow for, for a child to have as their first experience. And he said to me, he said, mommy, I knew that mommies and daddies could die. I never knew that kids could die. And so that's a big thing for him to try to work through and process. And I think on the back of that, having his own health challenges, it's stirring up a lot of emotions. But one of the things I always say to parents is, as the parent, you get to be the sun or the north star you get to be the things that the planet kind of moves around right so you're the sun and you set the tone and so i know if i can hold on to my presence and that all of my being is saying in this moment we are all okay and he could feel from me that sense of safety and security then that's something for him to rest in Mm-hmm. It's, I don't have a magic wand that will automatically make him get over all of the things he's had to, all of the things that life has shown at him, right? He's had a rough obstacle course in the last, the last seven, eight months. It's been rough, but that's life. And I can't do anything to change it as much as I wish I could. Um, we just have to be able to figure out how do we thrive, not just survive, but how do we thrive in the face of all the challenges that are coming. And while I know it's not going to be an overnight journey for him, I know the biggest thing I can do is hold my presence and hold my sense of safety and security by holding my connection to myself, because that gives him a safe space to rest in. 
Yeah. And, and that is beautiful. I, and I think that's where the work has to be done in, you know, showing up for your children and showing up, you know, not thinking that I'm hiding my emotions, you know, I'm really a nervous wreck and, you know, fully anxious as well, because your children will know, they will know, they will feel the vibration. You know, I've had parents say to me, oh, you know, my kids don't know that I'm struggling with this. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, they do. (laughs) They do. Let's talk about that because they do. And so, you know, it's really about processing. It's taking time to process your own feelings and emotions, you know, not with your children, but with yourself and moving through your own needs, you know, by hiring a coach, working with a therapist, reading, meditating, you know, whatever practice works for you to step into your essence and connection to oneself and let go, you know, of the anxiety and the, and the stress of it all, which may be a daily practice. You know, we, we, we have to practice these self-care and daily releases, so to speak, so that we can show up with neutrality, as I like to call it, you know, in a neutral place to acknowledge, validate our children, listen to our children, and be able to be mindfully present to show them that this is, you know, as you said, the path, this is the path we are here right now, you know, and help them to see what they do have now, help them to feel empowered to notice what they have around them in, you know, their own health in this moment and their own wellness and their own connection. Absolutely. And you know what I want to say? I want to say that we also get to acknowledge that family life is messy mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. There is, there is, there's nothing wrong with the fact that family life is messy. It's, I don't think it was ever meant to be any other way, but messy. So the fact that as a parent, you may not be feeling all centered and connected. It doesn't mean that you have to go off and meditate on a mountain like a monk and then come back when you're (laughs) connected. It means that your kids get to see you walk that journey. They get to see you showing up saying, this is where I am but I know I can be in a different place. I know that I can, I can get my emotions in check. I can get myself centered. I can get myself connected and then I can access the best of who I am. And so in this moment, while I might be all over the place, that's okay for me to show my kids as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I show them the journey. And when you show your kids the journey, what they get to see is, Ooh, when I feel like I'm all messy and I'm falling apart, that's not the end. Even though it might feel like it's the end of the world, it's not the end. But mommy, mommy did it. She was in this place and now she's no longer anxious. And look at the things she did. Because then they can see what, what tools did she rely on. And, and it took me a while to get to that place. And I'm grateful that I got to that place before life gave us the journey that we're currently on. So maybe about five years ago, I used to cry behind the closed door close the bedroom door and cry and hand hand on heart, even though I knew logically my kids could feel my emotions, I comforted myself saying, they don't know that I'm sad. (laughs) Wash my face. They don't know I'm going out with a smile. Um, But I realized I was robbing them. I was robbing them of the opportunity to see what healing looks like. Um, And when when you buy into the concept like I have, that you can really only teach what you model. Mm-hmm. You get really clear on the things that you have to model. And I want my kids to be able to know that all of their emotions are okay. And it's all coming to serve them. And they can move through all of it. And the only way to do that was to show it all. 
I, I couldn't agree with you more. And as you said, we are the models. And so it's, you know, I don't even like to use these words, but just for the sake of, you know, quoting words in quotes, good, but the bad and the ugly. When we demonstrate all of that to kids, we're demonstrating the humanness of life. As you said, life is messy. Life is messy, not just family life. Yeah. Life is messy. You know, it's a pile of dirty dishes in the sink. You know, it's just messy. And so I don't know what's with me and my analogies today. Uh, but because of that, it's opportunities as well. Because of the messiness, it's opportunities to not teach our children that emotions are to be stuffed and anger as we start out this conversation, that anger is not to be felt or sadness or anxiety, that it's all to be stuffed down and then, you know, allowed someday to explode as a volcano that's never been, you know, properly treated. And so, you know, really, this is the opportunity. This is the moment to be, be a human being on this planet, recognizing that we are humans and showing ourselves compassion as we show our children and teach our children that self-compassion is key, that understanding what we're feeling is important, that bringing tools and techniques to help us through, whether it's crying all day, you know, or, or not, you know, but maybe we're just having a good cry. I remember a TV show once where, you know, the, I think it was Everybody Loves Raymond, um, where maybe you've seen it, where um, uh, one of the actors was sitting having a good cry. And her husband was looking through the, the windows, wondering what the heck she was doing and kept saying, oh my gosh, she's crying, she's crying. And finally, when he came to her and, and asked her, she said, don't you ever just want to have a good cry? Well, of course, he didn't, you know, culturally, he hadn't been raised that way, I guess. But what I'm saying is that whatever brings you through, whatever method, you know, and some of us, we, we our tear ducts are really working and that works for us and that's great. Acknowledge that that works for you. And yeah. whatever else works for you so that your children really see all that you do to show up as your best self in this world. Yeah. And that and is it, special. I think what you get the opportunity to do as well when you lean into that is to have an open discussion in your family about what things help you to release your emotions. So we've had that discussion as a family um, in terms of what do you need to help you process and allow you to get back to your happy state in your time rather than stuff it down. And we all have different things in our list. And I have a good cry. So when I need to have a good cry, I go and I look for the saddest, soppiest movie I can find. Even if it's one I've watched before, because I know I'll get a good cry. And I have dancing in my undies with the music really loud, singing to the top of my lungs. I have soaking in the top. I have a whole list of things that I draw on depending on how I'm feeling. But I think what it's allowed my kids to see is that there are so many things you can do using your entire being. None of it is by accident. You have tears for a reason. When you laugh and you feel all happy all over your body, that's for a reason. All of these are tools that you get to use to help yourself process the emotion and get back to feeling the way you want to feel. Yeah, you're, you're so right. And, and it's a unique journey. Everyone yes. has their own practices. Yeah. And I love that you brought this up because this is the way to empower our children is to have conversations about it. You know, what makes you feel better when you're, you know, having a sad moment, a mad moment, whatever, you know, and not yeah. bringing it up when they're having the moment, just bringing it no. up. <laughs> you know, that's the last thing anybody wants to hear when they're having a moment is, you know, what do you need to do with this moment? But to really 
empower them to think about these things in neutral moments and connected moments where we're not actually experiencing them so that they start to fill their toolbox with all the tools that actually serve them in these moments. Yeah. And you know what what has happened, Sue, is that sometimes now, because my kids know my list and I know theirs, sometimes when I'm having a moment and, and I'm looking frustrated or stressed out, my son will come over and he will dip into my own bag of tools. And so sometimes one of my things is a hug and he goes, mom, you look like you're in need of a hug. Do you need a hug? <laughs> and that just, that, that just melts all the stress away. Whatever I was fussing over, I just melt away and I have a little laugh because I'm like, look who's becoming the parent now. Yeah, <laughs> so- <laughs> it's, it, that's very interesting and, uh, and so spot on. You know, yesterday, just to share a brief story, yesterday I had a very off day. Um, I was extremely tired, had not had a good night's sleep the night before. And, you know, I'm just going to lay my cards on the table. It was a very tearful day. And I, I was shooting myself (laughs) about one particular thing, like there was no tomorrow and so caught up in the spiral of should, should, should. And, and one of my kids knew I was struggling, sent me a virtual hug and um, which, you know, I'm like you, I'm a hugger. And, you know, I, I struggled with it for a good part of the day, but that's what, that's what was coming up. That's what needed to happen. I honored it. I accepted it and I allowed it. You know, I even had to kind of, you know, change my work schedule just a little bit. And then I was uh, meeting with a, a friend, a business associate colleague who I know pretty well. And she asked me how I was doing. <laughs> I'm like, don't go there. Yeah. So this, so here I am on camera and the tears you know, started to roll. And I think she felt, you know, honored, number one, that I was allowing myself to, you know, be vulnerable. Well, there was just, you know, how tears come. There's just no opportunity to stop. Right. The gates were, the gates had already been opened. And so anyway, we talked, you know, I shared and we talked a little bit and we didn't really talk a lot about it, but then we ended up just talking and Mm -hmm. I laughed with her about, I don't even remember what. And so, you know, you mentioned earlier about laughter mm-hmm. and, you know, it's when I got off the call with her, I, I was exhausted from, you know, everything from both the laughter and all the heavy emotions I was walking around with all day. But even though I was exhausted, there was a lightness to myself mm-hmm. that I noticed. And so these are the little gifts. And so far, you know, today, this has come up twice in my work. Because these gifts are opportunities for us not only to see ourselves and honor, but to share, to teach, whether it be our children, you know, or others that we connect with throughout the world. And so this is where the deep opportunities lie in really allowing the process and trusting the process to unfold as it's there to unfold. And I think that's what connecting with each other allows. So that space you had with connection through friendship allowed you, even if you didn't go into the nitty gritty about what was bothering you, still allowed you to process and to move through the emotions. And and I think there is that naturalness that connection allows for the processing of emotions because you feel safe. Yeah, you feel safe. And that's what we want our children to feel is safe in our you know, in our space, right? As we hold space for them in neutrality and comfort and compassion, that they feel safe in that space to be whatever it is, to show up with whatever energy they have 
in a secure environment. Yeah, that's beautiful. Absolutely. I'm glad you circled back to that beautiful statement. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you to share where people can learn more about you, find out more about you. Where can people find so you? You can find us online at empoweredkidstv.com. Um, and we've got a whole host of resources. We've just launched um, an academy. So when you go onto Empowered Kids TV, you'll also see eAcademy. And the academy is going to bring lots of free, but also some premium resources to help not just parents, but also kids along the journey. So that I think this is a time where um, education is really great at what to learn for career, but not for life. And we've got to fill some of the gaps. And we're working to be able to do that in a way where all kids can, can benefit. So it's Beautiful. a great space. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me and for just You're bringing welcome. all the wisdom and, and joy that you also You're brought. Welcome. Thank you very much. And to our listeners, thank you for your continued love and support. And please let us know if there's any specific topics or challenges that you would like addressed on this platform. Our goal and my goal is to serve you. And remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.